Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Let the church say amen. Now, Pastor T, if this was 1977, we'd still be dancing. You know, um, we used to come to church and, bless God, uh, preacher didn't have a handkerchief. He had a towel. Amen. If you hadn't been to the gym, you was going to work it out on Sunday. Amen. I seen, uh, well, my grandmama, she, she. She uh, come in church on a cane, kind of bent over. Before it was over, Kalila, she was running a lap. Because that thing got good to her. And so uh, I uh, bring you greetings on behalf of Pastor Steve and Pastor Portia. Uh, They're spreading the vanilla and chocolate goodness of the Lord. sharing at another place and um, and I, I, I want to say something somebody needs to hear um, my princess Pauline is here today but 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 not only is that is that is that good um, somebody really needs to hear this The devil knew he couldn't get you. And so he has come against those that we love. And some now you need to know my baby has a reservation in heaven. So if she were to die, she's not homeless. But it is a testimony of the healing power of God that she's here today one more time. I've learned, and some of us really need to learn this. Thank God for today. If there's somebody you need to hug, if there's somebody you need to kiss, if there's somebody you need to love, today, you do that. I mean, love them good. And we're going to get to this in the message because today, some of you are going, well, let's go ahead and go. Let's go. Buckle up. Um, um, and uh, again, this is not Kitty Church. Kitty Church is over there. Uh, this is a grown-up message. I make no apologies for preaching grown-up stuff to grown-ups. And so it's, it's time for us to get serious about this thing and go into the deep end of the pool, all right? Uh, Philippians on the on the second page or on the back. I don't know if you have it on one page or two. Amen. Yeah, you got it on the back, on the back of your outline. It says, let this mind, and I printed it big so I could read it without my glasses. Amen. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery, to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We want to use for our thought today, choosing the mind 
of Jesus. I was vice principal at Fremont High School and word came over the walkie-talkie, Mr. Moore, we have one for you. Say, we have a boy, he, the teacher cannot teach and the students cannot learn because of this boy in this classroom. And they brought him up to my office and the two security guards put their hands on their hips and they looked at him and they looked at me. And they looked at him and they looked at me. And they said, Mr. Moore, what you gonna do with this one? Now this boy, he didn't stab anybody. He didn't cuss nobody out. He was not selling drugs, but totally tore up the classroom because he had chosen that day to come to school with some ladies' underwear, the biggest pair that he could find. I'm talking about double wide. And he had taken this underwear and put it over his head like a helmet. And he was looking. through the legs of the underwear. And he had chosen, that's how he was going to learn today. And he put those underwear on his head and walked into that classroom. The students say, <laughs> and the little boy was serious. He, he was not playing, he was serious. He wanted to learn, looking through <laughs> And before he got done, the students couldn't learn, the teacher couldn't teach, and they brought him up to my office, and they wanted me to suspend that boy. And they looked at me, and they looked at him. And Pastor T, I couldn't even suspend him. Because I laughed so hard that it was therapy. <laughs> because this boy had chosen in his mind that that's how he wanted to learn today. Now, before we get mad at this boy, I have some good, do you want to hear the good news or the good news? I'm glad. You, some of you, after what you've gone through for the last two years, and for some of you, it started way before COVID. <laughs> Because of what you've gone through, you think you're crazy now. You want the good news? You are not crazy. Pastor Mike, how do you know that? Because crazy folk don't think they're crazy. That boy looked at me still wearing them drawers. Like, and what's wrong with you, Mr. Moore? He thought it was in his mind. He had chosen, that's how he wanted to learn today, and he thought it was perfectly fine. And so, you are not crazy. And don't, somebody needs, do not commit suicide. You're way too valuable to destroy something so wonderful, so good. Do not destroy yourself. So the good news is you're not crazy. The second good news is, and it's on your outline, Dr. Charla Rowland told me something. I was complaining. I, I, was, I was in the administrative program. I was just complaining about everything. I say, and this is wrong, and that is wrong, and this is wrong, and that is wrong. And, and, and she said, well, well, Mr. Moore, you have choices. And you may not even realize by you being here today, by you still being alive, by you having survived everything you went through, God has given you the choice. 
And you don't have to choose it, but I'd like to recommend that you do. Today, you can choose to have the mind of Jesus. Where it says, let this mind be in you, that means it is available. And you can choose to approach your life from a point of view where you are seeing things through what God wants you to see it through. You have the option to choose the mind of Christ, the mind of the world, the mind of your flesh, or the mind of the devil. And you can quit choosing what you have been choosing and instead choose what's going to get you what you really want anyway. Can I tell you something that, that there's some universal truth. I don't care if, if you are the biggest angel or the biggest demon. You still, you want love. You want peace and you want joy. But if you're not careful, you will get the mind of it. You'll think you can get it the same way the world tries to get it. Or the same way your flesh tries to get it. Or the same way the devil recommends that you get it. And the devil say, you'd really feel good if you just cast yourself down. You'd really feel good if you just do a trick, turn that rock into bread. You'd really feel good. Just, just do what feels good. Just just. Get some ladies' underwear, wear them on your head. But you can also choose the mind of Jesus, and that is what, going, what will get you the, what the world, the flesh, and the devil could never get you and what you cannot get any other way. And so today I want to give you the combination to the lock. And I'm praying, Sister Genji, that, that today... You're going to start doing something that's going to make you better, your marriage better, your children better, totally transform the way you work, and have you know for sure that God is going to give you something so wonderful you're going to know only God could have done it like that. So, all right, so let, let, let's come on with it. So now, to ch in, in choosing the mind of Jesus, you need to choose preparation. Now, what is that? That is knowing who you are in God. I'm going to tell you something. The devil never wants you to ever find out. It, it, it says in the scripture, Jesus thought it not robbery to call himself equal with God. What that's talking about is saying Jesus knew he could say about himself what God had said about him, and that's not robbery. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I wish your mama would have told you. I wish your daddy would have told you. But Pastor Mike's here to tell you today, you, right where you sit right now, are fearfully and wonderfully made. God loves you right where you are right now, and he has equipped you with everything you need to succeed. So if you are married, God has already given you the tools to be a great husband. Or a great wife, if God lets you have the baby, God has already given you what you need to be a mama, to be a daddy. He has given you that because he has promised to supply all of your needs. And you need to know that and you're not robbing, you're not even bragging when you say God is going to take care of me. God knows where I come up short. He knows where I can stretch out. He already knows that, and he has picked me as a number one draft choice on his championship team. He has picked you. And you're not robbing God when you say, if God didn't have something for me to do, he would not have let me even get to earth. And so you're not robbing God when you say, God has something for me to do. I'm on an assignment. I'm on a mission. I told the brothers yesterday morning on a prayer call, I said, you don't have to want to worry about Ukraine. You already in the army. You already been drafted. You already have work to do. They over there talking about if you, if you 16 to 60, I forget what it is, you can't even leave the country. Brothers and sisters, I have some news for you. You don't want to hear it. You already a soldier. You may be AWOL. But that's not going to stop the war. 
The bullets are flying. The bombs are dropping at your house. And you, be, bless God, when I was at Oakland High, the cheerleader said, that's okay, that's all right. Hang in there and fight, fight, fight. <laughs> you better, better pick up your pom-pom. <laughs> you don't have a gun, you better get a hammer. My baby, I love my baby, my, my baby, my baby, she bought me a hammer. And she wrote on there, Pastor Mike, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So if I got to hit you in the head, I got a hammer. God has already given you <laughs> just what you need. So, so know, you, know who you are in God. But then it said, but then you need to know, you need to get this mindset. Never again say, I'm, I'm trying. I'm, you're not trying. You are in training. Now, how, in training, you know, there's, you know there's a game coming. You know there's a championship coming. And you got to lift your weight. You got to do your reps. You got to do certain things in order to be ready for it. And it's not a one-time thing. Over and over and over again. So you, we are in training to become what God wants us to become because we know there's going to be a contest. You talk to a soldier, they went through basic training. Why? So they would know how to shoot. So they would know how to run. So, so when the battle came and it was going to surely come, you'd be ready for the battle. Some of you do not even realize, and we'll get back to this later in the message, you have been in training your whole life for a time such as this. Your nervous breakdown, your divorce, your bankruptcy, your, 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 bless God, my orange car with a red door. All of that, training. God has let you go through everything you have gone through in order for you to be ready when the contest came. So now, whatever you're going through right now, Get a mindset. I'm in training. I'm learning how to win. And I'm going to show up again and again and again and again. I'm not trying to make it. I'm in training for battle. Preparation. Then choose the plan. Now, hit. Mm, let's talk about some secret sauce. This is going to change your marriage. This is going to change you at work. Now, they're going to be mad at you, but that's all right. Because suddenly you're going to start shining. You're going to start excelling. You're going to start getting promoted. You're going to have money pressed down, shaking together, overflowing. <laughs> Here it is. I'm going to give you the secret. It's not going to be a secret anymore. It said he made himself of no reputation. I put it there, but you might want to make a note. Quit worrying about your reputation. Quit worrying about what folk are saying about you. You're, ladies, you don't need no man to tell you you fine. Let your mirror tell you you fine. Brothers, you don't need no, 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 no other man to say, ooh, that's a real man. You already a real man. You don't need nobody to tell you how manly you are and try to push your button to get you to do what they want you to do by pressing, trying to say, if you was a real man, you would... Next time you hear that, no, somebody's trying to get something they want out of you. Quit letting folk press your button worrying about your reputation. They're going to think, they're going to think, no, you go ahead and, glory, show up for practice. Get your reps in while the rest of them folk asleep. Do what you're supposed to do because you know who you are. Quit worrying about your reputation and then took upon himself the form of a servant. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, my, my, my first son in ministry, Pastor Donald Scurry, he used to be the manager at a restaurant. And I used to love to come when he was working. Because when he was working, he, not only was he going to greet me with a smile, 
everybody working in there. They were going to come, well, hello, how may I help you today? They were going to be smiling. I knew my silverware wasn't going to have any watermarks on it. I knew my plate was going to be just right. Not only was he going to give me the menu, he was going to tell me what the special was. And it was going to come in a timely fashion, still hot. And, and first, I thought it was only about me until I sat and I watched him when he left my table. Everybody in that restaurant was getting A quality service. And folk wanted to be there when he was working because they knew he was such a servant that everything was going to be wonderful because he was there. Now, you, when you adopt a servant attitude, not just when folk are watching, but because that's the key to success. I put a few down. I, I call it servant power. It's on your outline. Uh, when you are around because of who you are, not because folk like you or you're trying to get something from them or whatever, but when you are around, things ought to get brighter. Things ought to get cleaner. Things ought to get healthier. Things ought to get happier. Things ought to get better. And the situation that people, and it ought to be a situation that people want to be in because you're there. Now, let me tell you what this looks like. What would happen if you started serving your wife? Not because she got everything right today, but because a servant attitude is the pathway to success. Now, brothers, she going to think you high. But when she sees you washing dishes and you washing clothes and you bringing her exactly what she wants, she's going to think you loaded. She's going to think you're going to start drinking again. And she's going to think you're trying to get something. But your motive is you have decided I'm going to serve my wife. I'm, can I tell you a secret? It's, on, it's only us. All the time, your wife don't feel like wifing. Even your Christian worshiping wife. She ain't always feeling it, my brother. Your husband don't always feel like husbanding. But when you as a wife and he as a husband get a servant attitude and say not no matter who came in that restaurant my son was going to serve because of who he was not because of who they are now when you start serving your wife suddenly she going to want to be there when you start serving your husband not cuz he got everything right or cuz he's perfect but because as Jesus took a towel and washed toe jam because to give them an illustration of how to make the situation better. When you start serving, and you, us men have more problem with this than the ladies. I, when you start serving your son and your daughter, when you start showing up at school, when you start showing up at the game, when you can turn, you do know there's an off switch on your phone. When you turn off your phone and your son knows you a businessman and you take care of business, but when he's not worrying if his conversation with you is going to be interrupted by a text, when he knows that, 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 that when she knows you're not going to be distracted, your baby girl might be at a fork in the road where she's trying to decide what she's going to do with her life. And when you serve them by showing up, baby, how may I help you today? What can I bring you to help you succeed? And she sees you serious about it. It'll totally transform her life. It'll transform your son's life. When you go to work and you're not trying to get there right at the click of the clock. I'm going to give you a saying. My daddy told me this. I'm giving it to you for free. Early is on time. On time is late, and late don't bother. <laughs> 
Early is on time. On time is late and late don't bother. When it comes to work, sometimes you ought to be the one turns the light on. Why? Because you're going to make sure everything is right. My work day didn't you start until 8 o'clock. So I'd be in there by 6. Sometimes by the time other folk went, went into their office, went into their cubicle, start turning stuff on, I was finished. I had chopped so much wood. I got so much done. By the time they showed up, they, they, thought, I, they thought I was magic. I wasn't magic. I was early. And I had a servant attitude at that job. I didn't care. I didn't care what they thought about me, what they were going to say. And when you get that attitude at work, you'll start getting promoted. Not because they like you, but because you are the money-making machine. When you are there, they'll be giving you overtime. You'll be having to refuse the overtime because you, you get it done because you have a servant attitude. Not because your job is so good and you like it so much, but because you want God's manifestation in your life. And then, but not only that, it, it goes on to say, and he being formed in the fashion of a man. Now, we're talking about God getting it done in the earth. He, didn't, he said what God said about him, but he also took on the fashion of a man. Brothers, let me tell you something. Steel will melt. Sure, you're strong. Sure, you're able. But you better go to sleep. You better take you a nap. Again, grandmama had so much sense. Eat your vegetables. You don't need five Red Bulls. You need some greens. You need some string beans. You need to go by grandmama's house and say, Mama, would you fix me one of them? Big Mama, would you fix me one of them? And sit down there and eat and then go to sleep. Hey, man, you, you're not a football player anymore, but I have a 5-pound kettlebell, a 10-pound kettlebell, a 15-pound, a 25-pound, and a 50-pound. Sometime I'll do one rep. I'm in training. You're human. And don't be surprised when Jesus went away to Bethany. He went to Mary and Martha's house. He wasn't going there to preach. He was going there to eat. <laughs> he was going there because he had to get away from them church folk. Take a vacation. Go, get away. Even if, <laughs> bless God, I used to, when I wanted a vacation, I used to just go upstairs. Ooh, my baby fixed up that room. Wow. You need to get away. You need to sleep. You need to eat right. You need to take care of yourself, no matter how strong you think you are. Ladies, take some time for you. Have somebody babysit them one, two, three, four, five kids, three, four, five grandkids, and all of them go somewhere and sit in the... <laughs> pour you some Vaseline intensive care beads in that tub and soak like a tea bag. Why? Because you're human. And you will break if you don't take some time. Jesus. And, and get truth about it. Jesus, and we're going to get to this in a minute. Jesus, looking at the cross, knew he's about to get crucified, about to get beat, all this and that. He said, uh, God, is there another way we can get this done? Get honest about it. It's not going to always be pretty. It's not going to always be sweet. But know that you're human and acknowledge that in that way you'll quit trying to prove to folk, I'm strong. I will. Brothers, if you got to cry and get the beach towel, cry till you dry. Let it out. Quit kicking the dog, choking the cat. Go ahead and cry. It was bad. You are mad. Bless God. You're human. Took on the form of a man. And know it's about direction, not perfection. Choose the plan. Servant power, realizing your humanity, and be aiming in the right direction. And then choose persistence. Now, this may, this, 
you may have never heard this in church before unless you really knew those old hymns and listened to them. Said, I promised him that I would serve him till I die. I am on the battlefield for the Lord. How long do you need to serve your wife till you die? And some of us threw our children away. You need to know something about children. They bounce back like a Super Bowl. Eight, you, you thought you was dumb when they was 18. That was only the beginning of sorrow. <laughs> How long is that going to be your boy and your girl? Till you die. And, and, and just so you know, Pastor Mike and I made that up. Obedient unto death. Now, sisters and brothers, it's not a regular death. It's the death of the cross. So, as you're serving, you need to know sometimes, Mama Linda, it's going to hurt. They asked Mr. T, what is your prediction for the fight tonight? Mr. T said, pain. It is going to hurt. But you got to keep on going through that until you die. God is not trying to sneak up on you. It's right there. The, the death, even the death of the cross. Now, what is it? Get you some habits of obedience. And over and over again, start training yourself to be obedient. Because obedience produces compound interest in the bank of eternity. You are storing up for your victory and then know what God said to do and do it all the way through to the end. When God tells you to take on this mind, when he tells you what's right, do it, be obedient, and do it all the way to the end. It does not stop. Some of us have had the experience, bless God, I know how to win, but I had to learn how to lose. Right after, and, and if you ever watch a genuine champion, which some of you don't even realize you are, some of you are winners and don't even know it. A genuine champion, after a regular game in the regular season, when you see them in the locker room, you won't even know if they won or lost. Best man at my wedding was uh, um, um, used to play football for the Kansas City Chiefs. His brother, Gene Upshaw. And, and, and Marv was hoorahing Gene. Yeah, y'all lost that game. They really, really whooped you. They beat you bad. They really stumped you. And, and, and Gene told him something. I put it in the book of Mike. He said, we didn't lose. He said, man, I, you lost. I saw the game. You lost that game. He said, we did not lose. He said, we ran out of time. He said, and what we're going to do is watch the film. Because what others call a loss, we call a lesson. And we're going to make sure that never happens again. Over and after a win, watch the film and get better. After a loss, watch the film and get better. Learn what worked, learn what didn't work, eliminate the mistakes, improve upon the right stuff. And either you win or you win. Because what other folk call a loss, you will call a lesson. Hallelujah. Uh, and then know this, and I, I am not being macabre. I'm not being dramatic. Uh, you do know you're going to die. If not, you ought to consider it. Get your will done. Make all them phone calls. Get your stuff in order. Because you don't have to be sick to be dead. You don't have to have cancer. You don't have to have COVID. You don't have to have nothing. You can just go. And so, since you are going to die, unless Jesus comes and catches up in the middle of the sky, 
You need to live your life like today might be it. Get it done and leave a mark and get, and get things prepared for your child, for your grandchild, for your great-grandchild. What's the best time to plant a seed? 25 years ago. What's the second best time to plant a seed? Today. Because somebody's going to need to eat. And if you haven't planted anything and you haven't gotten anything done, when your great-great-grandchild needs something to eat, it's not going to be nothing on the tree. Take care of what you can take care of today so if you get hit by a meteor, I already told my baby, I hope you cry when I die, but I don't want you to cry twice. Cry because I'm going and cry about what I didn't take care of. You better take care of that business. Why? Because we are all going to die. Somebody say, but I'm young. They, one of the saddest funerals I ever did, the father came in carrying the casket. Little bitty, why should you spend some time with your son or with your daughter? Because you don't know how much time you have. And you need to tell them. I so thank God that my granddaddy used to let me think I could beat him in dominoes. I'd come by and play, and he'd actually let me win. He'd say, he say, Mike, how much time you got? I said, I got about another hour. And then he used to do something. I told the brothers about this. He used to say, I'm getting ready to send you to the graveyard. I say, why? He said, because there's a lot of bones in there. Say, you about to need some bones. And he would beat me so bad, and then he would teach me. Spend that time with your son or with your daughter. Spend that time with your grandparent, with your other parents. And, and quit, quit complaining about taking care of your grandparent. Quit complaining about taking care of your old mom and daddy. You realize how many times they change your diaper? You better change your daddy's diaper if it needs changing. Many times that he wiped your behind, your mama took care of you. You need to take care of them. Bless God. And then the cross, choose what you are going to do with your mind. It's on your outline. Choose what you're going to do. Some of you have a brilliant mind. Some of you know how to get stuff done. Choose how you're going to use it today. You have choices. You ain't got to let everybody program you and tell you what to do. Choose how you're going to get things done for God with your mind. Choose what you're going to do with your hands. What work are you going to put your hands to? Bless God. I'm going to tell you something. Somebody, I wish somebody would tell, would have told me this when I was 16. Brothers and sisters, there's probably a thousand things that you can do, but it's only four or five you should. You can do a whole bunch of stuff. Decide what you're going to put your hand to. And some stuff don't touch, not because it's wrong, but because it's going to waste your time and get in the way of what you have to accomplish today, next week, next month, next year. Choose what you are going to use your strength to get done. Choose what you're going to do for your work. And then your feet. Choose your lifestyle. Choose what you want it to be, and then style it. Bless God. If you don't have no hair, get you some grease and polish that. Now, now bless God. Now, I'm ble thank you, Jesus. I'm old enough now that my forehead is reaching for the back of my neck. My hair used to be down there, and now it's, it's running, running, running for its life. It's running. So I, so I have some cream so that it's my shiny forehead is smooth. So that it's a pleasant presentation with my vaulted dome. <laughs> Work with what you got. I told my son, use your rod. Use what you have in your hand. Use it. And, and then, lastly, choose the promise of promotion. Now, 
Let me tell you what God is going to do. As you get honest about what he said about you, as, 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 as you get honest about being human, as you take on a servant attitude, let me tell you what God is going to do. And it's going to be so good and so wonderful, you're going to know only God could have done it. You are going to get promoted from servant to child. Now, you think, and, and some of us really resist that servant attitude. Because we think that's the end of the matter. No, that's the start of the matter. As we learn how to be a servant, as we learn how to get stuff done, then you're going to get promoted to a child. You're going to realize, you know, I'm really a son or a daughter of God. And as that, I have all the rights of the family. I'm not just doing the business. I'm doing the family business which is kingdom business, and if God is a king and I'm his child, that makes you a prince or a princess. And when you realize that, it's going to totally transform how you take care of business because you're going to know it's the family business. And then you're going to graduate to parent. You are going to start bringing things into the earth through you that God wants to be places. And you're going to be a producer. You're going to start getting some stuff done that some folk have said, he, he ain't going to never be nothing. She's not going to never be nothing. They don't know who you are. They don't know what God said. They don't know you're not. You haven't been trying. You've been training. And God is going to help you get it done as you day by day, hour by hour, take on the mind of Jesus. And, and then promotion from God will not place you where the power of God cannot keep you. I'm not trying to scare you. I told you it was good news or good news. When God give it to you, you don't have to worry about nobody taking it away. God will help you hold on to some stuff. That the world can't, you, you can't even keep it with a lock. And God will give it to you. Folks say, well, Pastor Mike, how you get somebody wonderful as Princess Pauline? I say, I'm not worthy, but I'm grateful. God has been good to me. His mercy and truth endureth forever. And God is going to give you some stuff and some of you already, you, you, thank you, Lord. You don't even realize what you used to complain about is your testimony. Mm. Choose to go through it, to get new it, to get to it while knowing God will do it. You got to go through it. Now, let me tell you something. Jesus and that cross, we talk about his hands and we talk about his feet and we talk about his crown. But he got beat by some professional beaters. And I believe they beat him with at least 39 whips, 39 rods. And you read about other places in the Bible. Paul says, I got beat 40 minus 1. Got beat with a rod, 40 minus 1. It's because they believed. 40 strikes with a rod would kill you. I'm going to tell you something you might have never thought about. Don't you know that those scars on you are testimony about God's faithfulness? <clears throat> that booger didn't hit you once. He didn't molest you once. He didn't steal from you once. She didn't lie on you once. She didn't stab you in the back once. It was over and over and over and over again. And they knew what they were doing and some of them liked it. But you had a purpose in God and God allowed you to survive the pain, the betrayal, the stabbing in the back. You know why you got stabbed in the back? Because you was going forward. Beat you because they thought they could beat it out of you. They didn't know. They couldn't beat out what God had put in. And your stripes and your pain and your trouble is a testimony 
about the goodness of God. Next time somebody say, you ain't ready, say, you haven't seen my back. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know how God kept me in the rain, kept me in the storm, kept me in the pain, kept me in a home full of hell. Hot, hot, hot. Seven times hotter than it ever was before. Deep red sea with the enemy chasing me. But God kept you, healed you, lifted you up. And, he, and here's what that's on the way to. In spite of how our heads, our hands, our feet, or our backs look, God lifted us up. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's on your outline. Look, 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 look on the back. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow. That's not just about Jesus. That's about you. Somebody's going to look at your marriage. And somebody's going to look at your child and say, I know that boy was demon-possessed. And look at him now. I know that girl was burped from hell. But look at her now. And what God did through you with that situation, I know not only was that a messy divorce, it was almost deadly. But look at, do you know some folk would get mad because you smiling after what you done been through? And God has blessed you and lifted you up. Why? Because he, he said he would. It says, that's also about you. Then, then, then Romans 8, 17, you hadn't thought about this. And since we are his children, we are heirs. That means we have an inheritance. We have a guarantee because of what God has done. We are in the family of God. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of his glory. You know what you've been through. And some other folk know what they've been through. And it's going to be mysterious. How dare you glow? How dare you shine after all your pain and all those stripes and all of that betrayal and all of that departure and all of that death? It's going to be because God has exalted you and let his glory shine on you. But if we, are, if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. And your suffering, your pain, your problem, your loss is on the way to God's promotion. For those, now, now, now the reason you don't want to put them panties on your head it said, for those who exalt themselves, if you go around trying to look at it the way you want to look at it because that's how you feel, you exalt yourself, you're going to be humble. I used to tell them, my students on the first day of school at Elmhurst Middle School, I said, you can go up on top of this building and jump off. And in the middle of the air, say, God, forgive me. And he will forgive you, but he's not going to cancel gravity. You go around trying, God will forgive you. But when you go around trying to lift yourself up your way because you felt like it, it's not going to end up well. It said, but those who humble themselves. If I say, I know how I feel, I know what I want, but, I, but you never have excuse again. I know this is the pathway to God's lifting you up. It says, you will be exalted. God is going to lift you up. And, the, and, and so, you need to know, and, and, and we know to him, must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone. And there's a cross for me. There's a tailor-made cross for you. But if you'll go ahead and take it up.
and take on and choose the mind of Jesus, God will lift you up. God will preserve you. God will keep you. And that's a choice you can make today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, dear Lord, we thank you that you've given us another day to make another choice. Heavenly Father, we choose you. Teach us, O Lord, how to quit trying and start training. Heavenly Father, day after day, week after week, month after month, help us to show up for duty. Heavenly Father, help us to know that we are your servants, but we are also your children. And Heavenly Father, you are making us those who are parents, who birth things into earth that could only come through us. Then, Heavenly Father, help us to produce in our hearts, in our homes, on our jobs, and in our church. Help us to produce what the family produces, what the kingdom produces picture, the flavors, the light of God in the earth. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. So Heavenly Father, as we go on our way, help us to choose the mind of Jesus and watch you do what only you can do. Teach us, O oh Lord, how to serve our wives and serve our husbands, how to serve our children, how to serve on our job, not because of who they are, but because of who we are. And help us to endure even unto death, even the death of the cross, knowing that we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. Heavenly Father, someone today has been crying all week long, crying all year long. Heavenly Father, we know that you have counted every tear and you know every stripe across our backs. We know that you care and you love us. Heavenly Father, we ask that we would not commit suicide, but go on a mission for you. Help us to know there's a purpose in the earth for our life and help us to start working it out. Because either we win or we win. From this day forward, what others call a loss, we call a lesson. We, O oh Lord, will hear your voice and our answer will be yes. Even when we don't feel like it. Even when we don't understand. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. In the name of Jesus, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.